the more I think about it, the more I pray about it, a lot of the virtues, a lot of the characteristics, the things of being a Christian really do become platitudes in life. They really become cliche, they lose their meaning because we say it so often, oh, just be patient, oh, just pray more, oh, just have faith in God. And sure, all of that is good and fine, but when they start to lose their meanings, I think it really is just a matter of sitting down and really thinking about what those words mean. For example, this is another homily today about one of those words that loses all of its meaning because it is so used. We say it so often and then we kind of forget what it actually encourages us to do. This idea of persistence that we see in the first reading, in the second reading, in the gospel, persistence all throughout life, persistence in prayer. But what is persistence? The first thought I had was, well, persistence is just praying hard and being patient. And just keep praying and praying and praying and hoping God will hear you and then answer your prayer. And maybe to some extent, sure. On surface level, that is what persistence is. But of course, there's always more. Maybe persistence is clinging to God and refusing to let go even when he seems really, really distant from us. Even when he seems distant. However God seems to us, that's our image of God, and it needs to be an honest one. Our image of God has to be honest. So ask yourself, your image of God, your first instinct, is he close to you? Is he distant? Can you see him at all? Is he visible? Is he hidden somewhere? When you see God, does he acknowledge you? Does he look your way, or does he seem to not even notice you? Even worse, does he ignore you? The reason we ask that question to ourselves is when I get an honest image of how I see God, that's where I know where to start in my prayer. Our image of God has to be an honest, real, raw, and authentic one. Because that's where God starts to reveal himself in truth. Persistence has given God the chance to reveal himself to us in ways that he desires, in ways that he knows that we need in ways that will heal us, in ways that will give us peace, in ways that will bring joy. Persistence is giving God the freedom and the opportunity to reveal himself to us in that truth, in the one and only truth. Persistence in prayer allows us to seize with eyes of faith, eyes of faith and clarity, all the different ways that we see God in our lives, both the true images and even more importantly, the lies. Because see, the enemy hates each and every one of us because the Lord chooses us. The Lord loves us. The Lord has redeemed us and he provides for us. All of those things that in his pride the enemy has lost. And so the enemy comes in and tries to sell us this lie that God is not a provident father. He's not a good father. He's not this, he's not that. He's distant. He's not listening to you. Why keep praying? Why live a good moral life? You're just going to fall to your sin anyway. Persistence in prayer gives us the strength necessary in our hearts, that grace from God himself to reject those lies, to absolutely reject them, call them for what they are. And then by rejecting the lie, it makes room in our heart for all the good that the Lord has for us. As Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. Let Jesus tell you the truth of who he is. 
Allow yourself to be de-evangelized so as to be re-evangelized in the truth of God. That doesn't just come overnight. That comes from persistence. Good and authentic faith. Persistence in prayer is how we reject those images, those false images, and allow God to start to tell us the truth. Because when our prayer does have a certain persistence, even in the weariness, we constantly return to the Father. We don't stay gone for too long. We recognize Him and we come back to Him, knowing that He waits for us, knowing that He wants us, He desires us in the very heart of who He is as God. He's the one our hearts seek. He's the one who will fulfill that longing that we have. But as much as we talk about persistence and God being a good God and God being a God of providence, we also need to be open to His providence and to accept the help that He sends us. That's another kind of hidden, well, not so much in the first reading, but it's kind of a hidden message throughout the readings today that God provides in a certain way, maybe that we aren't expecting, and we need to be open to that. Look at the first reading. Moses is tired. At this point, he is very old. He does not want to climb the mountain, stand at the top, and just lift his arms out over the crowd so that they can win against Amalek and his, his army. And so anytime he lowers his arms to rest, which is a good thing, rest is a good thing, they start to lose. He gets weak, the army gets weak. So what does God do? He gives this bright idea to Aaron and her to walk Moses over to a rock where he can sit and rest, where he can still rest, but that they will support his arms. God, being the good and, God, and provident father in that moment, still allowed Moses to rest, but do what he needed to do. Even in his weariness, Moses persisted, and they won. How does the Lord provide an opportunity for you to rest, but also to be strong? To rest, but to fight and win. In the New Testament, the second reading, St. Paul is constantly admonishing the early churches. Every time he writes to a church, there's some type of encouragement, there's some type of admonishment. If you're like the Galatians and you just get called stupid because what are you doing? I taught you the gospel already. But St. Paul admonishes those in the second reading today for a reason. He's not trying to be mean. He's not trying to be bossy. He means it as an encouragement because through St. Paul, God encourages. He provides that strength necessary, that reminder of who we are, whose we are, who it is that we love and serve as our God, and what our mission is to go and to create more disciples, to set more, more hearts on fire. So just like you ask yourself the question, what is your image of God? Also ask yourself the question, who is St. Paul to you right now in this season of your life? Who challenges you? Who reminds you how we should live and act? Most of the time, maybe we would answer that question of, oh, it's our pastor. It's the priest. We hear these homilies and we are encouraged and we get a good feeling and all this stuff. But day in and day out, there are many, many St. Pauls walking around you. In your homes, your schools, your workplaces, who is St. Paul to you? Who does the Lord send to you as encouragement, as challenge, as correction, as love? How does God, the good Father, provide a St. Paul to you? 
And then finally go to the gospel. The bad judge, the dishonest judge, does something good only out of fear. Notice what he says. This widow keeps coming to me and she is nagging and nagging and nagging and she's not going to let up, so I'm going to give her her just decision lest she come and strike me. I can't help but think this is an old Cajun lady in Israel going to chase him with a jump, uh, giant gumbo spoon saying, give me what I want or I'm going to hit you. He's afraid, and so he grants it. If the bad judge, if the dishonest judge does that out of fear and persistence, how much more? Imagine the reward that our good and provident Father will give us out of our persistence. Not because he's afraid, but because he's joyful and waits for us to come to him. Not because he wants us to stop nagging, but because he wants us to keep bothering him. Keep nagging, keep asking, be persistent. Because it's when we return to the Father in that persistence, then He reveals Himself. Then He starts to shape and form our hearts in truth. Or should I say, reshape and reform our hearts in truth. These are all ways that God provides for us when our battle of prayer is facing all the things that we experience as failure. And we all know these all too well, unfortunately. These quote-unquote failures in prayer, discouragement in times of spiritual dryness. I don't feel that God is listening to me. I don't hear His voice. I don't see how He's answering my prayers. Sadness due to the thought that we haven't been given God everything. Oh, I could just give Him more. I could listen more. I could pray more. I could do, do, do more. Disappointment maybe that we're not being heard by God, that we don't see His providence, we don't see Him at work. Maybe there's a wounded pride that we're dealing with. Resistance to prayer strictly because it's inconvenient. We don't enjoy it. It's not easy. All of these things that we experience as prayer are really opportunities for us to meet the living God again. To meet the living God in a new way. To see God as good and provident. All of this is what persistence is. Is it easy? No. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Persistence is prayer is how we see the heart of the Father. It's how the heart of our Lord, the sacred heart, starts to become enfleshed in us. It's how we become incarnate in our faith. If God is not a good God, if He is not provident, if He's just this old man sitting in the sky waiting to smite us, what kind of God is that? What kind of prayer do we lead? What kind of faith do we live if that's who it is we serve? But in our heads, we know that that's not the truth. In our hearts, maybe we need to believe it. Maybe we need to be retaught. That's what persistence is. Returning to God the Father in all things with total transparent and raw honesty and letting him shape and form us in truth rejecting the lies of the enemy receiving the goodness from God our Father and living there living in the joy in the peace in the fulfillment and all these other things that our hearts really do yearn for seek and desire and knowing that he is the only one who provides he is the only one who fulfills but none of that none of that 
is even remotely possible if we aren't persistent in our prayer. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at CTK is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit ctklsu.org.